Welcome to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small, your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Brought to you by Lake Link, your online fishing resource at lake-link.com. Outdoors Radio is also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited, a proud sponsor of Outdoors Radio and duck hunters everywhere. Ducks.org. We're also brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. 60 square miles of fun on the water. CastleRock-Petenwell.com. And by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center. WoodsideRanch.com. I'm Dan Small. Today we'll talk with Josh Rasmussen of the Rough Grouse Society, Christine Tanzer of the Natural Resources Foundation of Wisconsin, and Mark LaBarbera, Executive Director of the Wisconsin Wildlife Federation. All that and more coming up on Outdoors Radio, so stay right there. Time now for Madison Outdoors, and you hear this feature every week at this time on Fox Sports 1070 WTSO, and anytime at all on our podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, OutdoorNews.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. And joining us once again is McFarland Guide Ron Bearfield. Well, Ron, welcome back, and thanks for joining us again. Well, thanks for having me, Dan. You bet. Now, last time we talked, you were after a particular trophy, Tom Turkey, and you weren't fishing, but you were after that bird. Did you get him? I didn't get him. He uh, was a lot smarter than I was, I guess. That was the uh, fourth season, and I'm sure he'd been hunted a little bit, too, around that area. There's a couple other guys that hunt him. I had him close two mornings, and the hens kept just dragging him away from me, even with the decoys out. I had him close, you know, I had him 60 yards one morning, and that's the closest I could get him in to me. Well, that's the way it goes sometimes. We all know that. I could have shot some smaller birds that morning, but I just was wanting that big one. I'd, I've already shot one in the, it was the second season. My buddy shot one the first that I called for him, but so I didn't really necessarily have to kill a turkey, you know. <laughs> I kind of wanted that big one, and Oh, well, he'll be bigger next year. I suppose. Well, you also were out gathering mushrooms, as a lot of turkey hunters do. How has the season been for morels and oysters in particular? Pretty good. We're still finding some mushrooms right now. One morning off of one tree, I found a five-gallon pail full of the yellow oysters. That same morning, I found about three pounds of morels. So it's been a good season. It really has. Oh, good. Uh, they were a little late this year, though. They're still popping a little bit here and there, but they're slowing way down. Yeah, all right. Well, how about fishing? I imagine you've had some time to do a little of that, too. No, oh, yeah, I've been on the water quite a bit uh, the last two weeks. Uh, the bait has been very good. Uh, Mendota's been very good. A lot of bass. Of course, there's a lot of bass coming up on the beds now. Smallmouth should be postponed for them real quick here. I would expect them to be off the beds. And then the largemouth, of course, are going to slide up and... They'll do their thing and slide off, but the walleye action is starting to pick up on Higanza, Wabisa, and Mendota. Monona's been a little slower, but for some reason there's been a lot of dirty water on Mendota, and I'm not sure what the situation is there, but the city shoreline is very dirty up on Mendota. I'm not sure why. In three feet of water, you can normally really see the bottom, but you can't even see the bottom in three feet of water there this year at this time and normally you can see down in 10 or 15 feet of water and see the bottom so not sure what's going on with that lake the rest of the chain is very clear okay what are you getting the walleyes on we've been trolling boards out over the open water on wabisa and doing quite well 
these fish have been suspended out there. But if you move in on the weed edges and low-light situations, we've been fishing jig and minnow a lot and half a nightcrawler on, on a jig head up on what small weed edges you can find. The weeds aren't up really great yet, but the bite's been pretty good in low-light situations and, again, in the like the evenings and early mornings. Okay. And panfish, I would imagine you got bluegills and crappies going, too, in the shallows, right? Okay, what are you getting them on? Just a small jig. Um, I use a, a real small ice fishing jig, actually, with two spikes, three spikes on it, and use a small slip bobber and just try to keep it above them. You know, you always want to fish above the crappies because they won't usually go down after bait if it falls below them. They like to feed up. Yeah, I've been fishing on the Chippewa Flowage now this week, and we found crappies starting to move in. They're in the shallows, but they're starting to move into the beds when the water temp hits about 70 degrees or so. But it's been slow, and we've caught mostly small ones. I had one fish the other day that was 14 inches, and that's a pretty big crappie for the Madison chain. I actually caught him while we were filming to one of our YouTube channels with fishing roots, and he was a, a nice fish, very nice fish. Tell us about that the YouTube channel. We've talked about it before. It's your son, Phil, who shoots the video, right? inch brook trout is a good fish. That was the biggest we had, but most of them were running between 8 and 10 inches, so they were pretty nice little brookies. Very pretty. Yeah, they are beautiful fish, for sure. Well, how is the Wisconsin River these days? It was high. Well, the river's coming down, and Wisconsin's getting into pretty good shape now for this time of year. The bite has actually picked up a little bit. The walleye bite's been good all spring up by the Dells, but now the fish are starting to kind of scatter out more between the Dells and uh, Lake Wisconsin. The whole uh, section of the river now is starting to meander back down towards Lake Wisconsin. Not all of them will go down all the way, of course. And the smallmouth are just getting started on the river. All right. Any muskies on the river yet? I have not seen a muskie yet. I've caught a lot of northerns. There's an awful lot of pike. And the same on the Madison chain. I had one guy trip. The guy's caught probably 25 uh, northerns up to 32, 33 inches. Wow. On mostly on spinnerbaits and baits like that. Yeah, that's a lot. Well, what are you looking forward to now as we get into Memorial Day and June? Everything's just a little bit late this year, so I expect June to be a pretty darn good month on the chain. As long as that, I'm not sure what kind of a weed it is, or it's just more of a slimy substance that gets on your line and on your bait. As long as you can keep that clean, the bite should be good all the way through with crankbaits or spinnerbaits. I think just about everything. Swimbaits are going to work for bass, pike, fish over the tops of the weeds. And if you're going to fish the walleyes, just fish them on the edges and fish them out in the main lake basins. I think it's going to be a good month. All right. Well, Ron, I want to thank you for joining us again and appreciate your report. And we will catch up with you again in a few weeks and see how your June fishing is going. You Have bet. A good time on a Chippewa. Oh, thanks. We're winding down today, heading home pretty soon, but we've had fun up here. Okay. Well, the brook trout 
in your home area, they're going crazy on some of those small streams right now. They'll be waiting for me. I'll be sure to check them out when I get home. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Ron Bearfield from McFarland with the Madison Report. Again, you hear this on Fox Sports 1070 WTSO and on our podcast on LakeLink, iHeartRadio, OutdoorNews.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Be your guide, Florence County, Wisconsin. Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. If you're ever in a motor vehicle accident, call Hupe and Abraham, named Best Personal Injury Law Firm by the Wisconsin Law Journal year after year. The firm of Hupe and Abraham has collected more than a billion dollars for its clients. In fact, they collect millions of dollars every month for hundreds of satisfied clients. Call the firm voted best and rated best, Hupe and Abraham, 800-800-5678, or visit Hupie.com and all 11 offices of Hupie and Abraham in Wisconsin, Iowa, and Illinois are open for business. And the firm of Hupie and Abraham has paid thousands of dollars in rewards to help solve crimes in the Milwaukee area. Michael Hupie is the president of Milwaukee Crime Stoppers, and he's offering a $25,000 reward for the next anonymous tip that solves a homicide case. So if you've got a tip on an unsolved homicide case, visit MilwaukeeCrimestoppers.com. 
Well, I'm running solo again this week because I've been up on the Chippewa flowage for several days, and Jeff Kelm is home in Wisconsin Rapids, so we thought it'd be easier to do it this way. He'll join us again next week, and meanwhile, I've been hitting some of the highlights of the Hayward area with some friends from the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Riders. We took a four-wheeler ride on some of the multi-use trails here in Sawyer County, thanks to the folks at Hayward Power Sports who loaned us five new Polaris UTVs. They were great to drive, I'll tell you. And on our two-hour ride, we covered a variety of hilly terrain through a mix of hardwoods and pines and saw some wildlife, including a bear and several deer. And then in the afternoon, we drove over to Park Falls for a tour of the St. Croix Rod Factory. And by the way, their annual Customer Appreciation Day is coming up in a few weeks on June 17th. If you've never been there, it's worth a trip to see how they make the best rods on earth right here in Wisconsin. And they've got some bargains in their outlet store right there at the factory as well. We also spent two days fishing the Chippewa flowage with some knowledgeable guides who put us on crappies and walleyes, and we'll talk more about that a little later. And of course, we had to eat, so we sampled the food at different restaurants and resorts every day. My favorite meal was the lazy eggs and apple cinnamon pancake breakfast at Tiger Muskie Resort, where Jeff Spiros hosted us on our last day. And Jeff Spiros and I reminisced a little bit about the early days of my show getting started and the Discover Wisconsin show getting started. His dad, Moose Spiros, was Tommy Thompson's Secretary of Tourism for a number of years. If I had organized this trip, of course, we would have stayed over this weekend for the Northern Zone Muskie Season opener. But I'll be back for sure in the fall to fish the Treelands Muskie Fly Fishing Championship, and I'll try to get up here again sometime this summer. And speaking of musky fishing, it's been five years since I took a group to Ballard's Black Island Resort on Lake of the Woods, but I'm going again this year now that Canada has opened up to American visitors with no restrictions at the border. The dates are September 11 through 15. We'll spend four nights on Black Island with three full days of guided fishing for walleyes, smallmouths, northerns, and muskies, and this is a complete package. Guides, Boats, bait, tackle, lodging, all meals, all of that's included. The lodge serves great breakfasts and dinners, and we'll enjoy shore lunches of fresh walleyes prepared by our guides. The trip is limited to 13 people in all. My son John and I are going, and you could join us. The cost is $1,500 per person, and some of my friends from the Stormy Cromer Company will be joining us, and they're bringing Stormy Cromer gifts for everyone on the trip. Visit blackisland.com to learn more or to reserve a spot. The deadline for sign-up is coming up. It's May 31st, so if you're interested, better contact them this week. Some folks have expressed concern about traveling to Canada because the border was closed during the COVID pandemic, but the closure's been lifted and Americans are free to travel to and from Canada. All you need to cross the border is a current passport. Coming up, Josh Rasmussen tells us how the Rough Grouse Society helps private landowners with habitat improvement for grouse and other wildlife. Mark LaBarber and I will talk about our trip to the Chippewa Flowage and Hayward, and we'll kick things off with Christine Tanzer of the Natural Resources Foundation, who invites us to take a field trip this summer with the Foundation. All that and more straight ahead on Outdoors Radio. 
Attention anglers, don't miss St. Croix Rod's annual Customer Appreciation Day on Saturday, June 17th in Park Falls, Wisconsin. St. Croix Rods is celebrating its 75th anniversary of handcrafting the best rods on earth, and you're invited to the party. Attend seminars with top St. Croix pros, get special pricing on retired or B-stock rods, and participate in hourly giveaways. It all happens live on Saturday, June 17th. See details at stcroixrodsfactorystore.com. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. For the nonprofit Ruffed Grouse Society, the well-being of the Ruffed Grouse and American Woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Ruffed Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or CargoMax, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. I'm talking now with Christine Tanzer. She is the Director of Field Trip Programs for the Natural Resources Foundation of Wisconsin. Their website is wisconservation.org. Christine, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome back to the Outdoors Radio Network. Oh, well, thank you so much, Dan. Thanks for having me here. It's a delight and an honor. Well, we were talking before I started recording. You said that a lot of people don't realize that turkeys were here, but then they disappeared, and now they're back. Yeah, I learned this on a field trip. I will tell you that turkeys had been gone from Wisconsin from the 1880s and were just reintroduced back in 1976 to La Crosse or the Driftless area. And we didn't have turkeys in Wisconsin for about 100 years. They're back now. This is, what, the 30th season of field trips that the Natural Resources Foundation is hosting? Yes, we piloted the program in 1993. We've steadily grown that. This year, we have 263 trips statewide of nearly 6,000 people. 
Yeah, in total, we've had field trips in all 72 counties of Wisconsin, and nearly 70,000 people have joined us over the years getting out in the field to learn about Wisconsin. That's amazing. What is it that makes this program so popular? Well, as you know, Dan, Wisconsin is really a special place. We have a long history of a conservation ethic here, and so our trips provide an opportunity for people to get out with experts and learn and connect directly to wildlife and wildlands. We have a 60-page guidebook full of all of our field trips, and even if you just read the, the trip descriptions, you can get an idea of the diversity of habitat and wildlife that we have in the state between mussels, fish, invertebrates, different ecosystems. Our field trips also provide an opportunity to get out and access areas that normally would be closed to the public, as well as experts that are maybe experts in their field are leading our field trips. Who are these experts? Who are the leaders? That's pretty key to the program. We have had a long-standing relationship with the DNR, so many of our field trips are led by DNR professionals who are showcasing the species or the land that they're working with day-to-day. Some of them are private landowners who have done restoration work, and some are experts from other nonprofits that we do a lot of partnering with. The experiences, there's a variety. We have hiking, we have paddling, boating and biking, and for topics, we cover everything. Wildlife, stream ecology, birding, banding, state natural areas, which are some of the best of the best of Wisconsin. Our field trips also range from wheelchair accessible to rugged off-trail hikes. A majority are easy or moderate. There's also many trips for beginners of all kinds. So one of the trips I'm really excited about is called Diversity in the Field, an Intro to Hunting and Fishing for Beginners from All Backgrounds. It's led by Christopher Kilgore, and he's with Color in the Outdoors organization. It's a field trip for people who are curious about hunting and fishing, but who have felt like they haven't fit in before. Maybe you're an adult who has never been exposed to hunting or fishing. And so he provides these hands-on experiences and exploration of these outdoor skills. And it really ties into the foundation's dedication for making the outdoors a safe space for everyone and people of all different backgrounds. Are these typically one-day events, or are there some that are multiple-day events? They're mostly one-day events, either range from a few hours to an entire day. They're all throughout the state. There's pre-registration for each of the field trips, but you get yourself to that location, and we give you lots of great details and directions before you head out. And who primarily attends the trip? Most are geared for adults, actually, and lifelong learners. Kids get a lot of field trips through school, but us adults, we need to have those opportunities to get out as well. And so these are really for people, I would say, people who have a sense of curiosity. So want to learn a little bit more in depth. Some are recreational, but there's always a learning component. It's about the ecology or the different facets of the landscape, learning the plants, animals, insects, birds really just getting out with an expert and learning. Even if it's a place you've visited before, you will see it in a different lens when you learn these different aspects. There are some trips, though, that are family-friendly, and they're great to bring children or grandchildren along. We list the age recommendations for each of the family-friendly trips. So we really encourage people to get out multi-generations. It's wonderful. Getting outdoors together is an important thing to do and to pass on to the next generation, this love of learning and the love of outdoors. Absolutely. Are you looking forward to a particular trip or two this year? What are you going to be doing? 
some of the field trips I'm looking forward to most this year. Now, we have a slate of 22 field trips special this year for private landowners. You know, 80% of Wisconsin's lands are in private land ownership. So it's really an important part of the whole conservation of Wisconsin to have private landowners who are maybe interested in learning about restoration, haven't started it, or they're on their journey. Like we have these field trips for them to be learning more about it. All different ecosystems, prairies, wetlands, forests, they're getting out with experts and learning how to do that themselves. In particular, there's a couple field trips I'm looking forward to, again, to a state natural area, Hogback Prairie, calling all pollinators, where you go out with the state natural area's manager and learn about the insects and moths. This is in Crawford County. There's a paddling trip in the Chippewa Moraine State Recreation Area in late September, learning about geology as you paddle and get out and hike. And then in the fall, there's one in October, Tips and Tricks for Mastering Waterfowl ID, which is on the Mississippi Flyway. First, you start in the classroom and really get in-depth looking at, like, some different slides and getting hands-on with some some decoys and some um, taxidermy birds to really look up close at these ID skills and then get out um, on the different pools of the Mississippi and practice your, your skills. So we have about 60 trips right now that have open spaces about 500 open spaces on field trips. Our registration does open in early April, so a lot of our field trips are are full, but we have a lot of great opportunities. There's a page on our website that has an interactive map where you can look all over the state and click on a trip, and it'll open up some information, and you can register right from there. To register for a field trip, you need to be a member, and we are a nonprofit organization, so that starts with a $25 donation to support the conservation work that we do throughout the state. We have given out a million dollars in grants last year alone, so we do put some money on the ground for conservation. We also offer the Great Wisconsin Birdathon, and that's happening right now through June 15th. It's kind of a walkathon style birding. So you pick a day and you pick a team or go out solo and get people to sponsor you, your friends and family, to raise money for bird conservation projects. Our goal is $100,000 to give to bird conservation, and that's what we hit last year, and we're hoping to do that again this year. We really try to hit all aspects of Wisconsin supporting conservation throughout the state. And you do a fantastic job of it. So thank you so much, Christine, for telling us a little bit about these field trips. This was just the tip of the iceberg, folks. And as she mentioned, there are lots of opportunities to participate in some of these field trips, and you can learn a lot more if you go on their website. So thank you, Christine. Enjoy your trips this year, and we will talk again soon, I'm sure. Thank you, Dan. Christine Tanzer is the Field Trip Program Director for the Natural Resources Foundation of Wisconsin. Their website is wisconservation.org. I'm Dan Small, more Outdoors Radio, right after this. Listen to more Outdoors Radio online at dansmalloutdoors.com. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. 
The rough grouse and American woodcock societies are celebrating more than 60 years of habitat improvement for grouse, woodcock, and other young forest wildlife. You can learn more online at roughedgrousesociety.org. And joining me now is Josh Rasmussen. He is a forest wildlife specialist with the Rough Grouse Society. And Josh, thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Outdoors Radio Network. Hi, Dan. It's a pleasure to meet you. You have been an inspiration my whole life. I grew up watching Outdoor Wisconsin, so this is, this is an honor. Well, hey, I'm glad to hear that, and it's good to know that uh, some folks are paying attention to what we do and uh, carrying on the work in the field. Now, you are relatively new with the Rough Grouse Society, am I right? That is correct. I have been with the Rough Grouse Society for one year now. So oh, okay. Pretty new, but I, I've spent a lifetime in the forest. I'm a just a simple forester, but I'm really trying to make a difference for rough grouse in Wisconsin. Wonderful. So tell us about your job. What is it that you do? The Rough Grouse Society is a not-for-profit that unites conservationists to improve wildlife habitat and forest health all across America in the range of the rough grouse and the American woodcock. Um, not the same exact species, um, not the same exact habitat needs, but they, they do overlap enough where we're able to cover both those forests and birds. The rough grouse used to be the most common game bird, and then just due to habitat loss and its specific needs, it's beginning to decline in many of the lake states. Wisconsin, Minnesota, Michigan are doing well, but Indiana, Ohio, Iowa, we're losing grouse as a game bird. The RGS has been around since 1961. We strictly work with forest and birds. For my specific role, I am a partner with the Natural Resource Conservation Service. So that is a federal agency that is an offshoot of the USDA. So I work with private landowners on behalf of the NRCS to promote grant funding for conservation needs on private forest land. I work out of a federal office, but I am a private employee with RGS. And it's been a, a great partnership. RGS is able to partner with several different agencies, including the Wisconsin DNR and the Forest Service across the country, to hire more staff and broaden our conservation reach throughout the range of the rough grouse. Okay. Now, specifically, what do you do when you work with private landowners? I'll give you an example. I work in a 12-county radius in Wisconsin. I work from St. Croix County down to La Crosse County, and then from the Mississippi River over to Jackson, Clark, and Eau Claire, Monroe, that region. So it's, I think it's 12 counties I work in right now, and I meet with private landowners that have forestry questions or are looking to fund specific projects. What kind of work do you and do then? I am a forester, so I work specifically with their forest programs, and it ties in nicely with the Rough Grouse Society because I'm able to promote young forest habitat across uh, the region I work in through grants and different funding options through the federal government. I live in the Driftless, I work in the Driftless region, and the timber markets here fluctuate quite a bit with the pulp market not being very strong. Some of these harvests that are lower grade or have a lot of invasive species, I am able to work with private landowners to get funding to remove some of the wood in a timber sale that would not be sold commercially. This would help 
promote regeneration of the desired species. For example, uh, a landowner will have a timber sale that is primarily oak, but will have an invasive shrub, buckthorn, or honeysuckle growing underneath, and their forester might recommend having them remove it before cutting the trees. And the landowner would then ask me to come out and help facilitate a cost share program to help fund removing that invasive species because they want to promote better regeneration of, well, in this area, it would, it would, we're trying to regenerate oak mostly, and removing any sort of invasive species or understory tree would help create a better environment to regrow the next generation of trees after the logging. And what species are you aiming to regrow? You mentioned oak as being a dominant species. Uh, up north, it's aspen for grouse and woodcock. What is it in the area you work in? We do have aspen, but that is one of those trees that, due to our terrain and the timber markets being a little iffy, sometimes we're not able to harvest all of our aspen. So we're always trying to promote oak, but everybody thinks you need aspen, but it is a diverse forest that grouse really need. It can be oak, it can be maple, it just needs different cover throughout the years, or the, the year. So in the beginning of the year, when they're having their young, they need dense, thick cover to hide in. And then later in the year, they move into more open woods to feed on buds and things like that. And by the end of the year, they're wintertime, they're up feeding in the tops of the trees. So diversity is key but we're always trying to promote oak around in the in the Driftless region. How large a project typically are you working on? Well, it can vary. I don't want to dive too far into specifics because they can, they can get kind of daunting, but the, the NRCS provides per acre cost share. So depending on how big the project is, it, it can vary. But commonly I, I work between from five acres, one acre to up to 50 acres. Okay, and when you say cost-sharing, how does that divide out? For NRCS practices, there is a per-acre number associated with the type of work you want to complete. So if we're doing an understory treatment for invasive species like buckthorn, there would be a set number per acre that you would apply for. It is an application process and it is competitive, so it's, it's not guaranteed money, but if you don't try, you, you don't win. Yeah. How long does it typically take to get a grant approved? Is this something you can get done in a year, or is it a longer process? There's several different programs. The sign-up is continuous, so you may sign up all year, and then there's several different batchings of these applications. So November is a common batching time for all of these applications. So anytime you would apply, I would assume waiting at least six months to a year. Okay. I now live in the Driftless area, and the people who have lived there longer than I, I've only been there about 10 years, but people who lived in Vernon County, say, 30, 40 years ago, tell me, boy, we had grouse all over the place, but now we don't have any anymore. What has happened? Funny you should mention that. I hear that on a daily basis. There's no silver bullet. I haven't been able to pinpoint the exact thing, but there's just a series of changes that have taken place. So 
at that period, a lot of farms were being abandoned. During the 70s and 80s, a lot of cows were coming out of the woods. Pastures were going fallow. Things were turning to brush. In coring different trees, which is aging trees around here, I've noticed there was extremely high amount of harvesting in the 70s and 80s. Just must have been uh, a really good log market. And I believe that created young but a brushier, thicker forest that grouse really needed to reproduce, so it gave them that thick cover. And as the population boomed, it, it spread throughout the Driftless region. And as those trees have begun to age out and close the canopy, we are losing that dense cover. And then along with increased parcelization, so a lot of large tracts are being broken up between different owners. The management isn't coming as in as big of parcels anymore. So I think it's a series of things. A common question I hear is, well, now there's turkeys everywhere. Could the turkeys eat the grouse? <laughs> and the answer is no. It's just different habitat. The turkeys prefer that closed canopy, open woodland, less brush because they can see better. And as the, the pastures grew up and became a closed canopy, turkey habitat got better and the, the grouse habitat got a little worse. You mentioned Jackson County, Josh. I used to hunt in the Black River Forest, the Black River State Forest, with a friend. When I lived up north, we would come down and hunt that area in the winter for grouse. I haven't done it in at least 30 years, even though I live closer to it. Now, are there still grouse in the Black River State Forest? That is a heavily managed area due to the oak they have there. They do quite a bit of clear cutting. I don't specifically work on state land, so I, I don't know exactly how how they're doing with their harvesting. I work, you know, specifically with private landowners, but in in dealing with the few I have over there, I've I've noticed a few grouse over there. So you can still get out and hunt some. Well, that's good. Well, before we let you go, I know you don't have a crystal ball, but what is your prognosis uh, 10 or 15 years down the road? Do uh, you think there's hope for bringing back a grouse population in this area that has really lost the habitat and you're, where you're trying to bring it back? I think there is hope for the grouse. We have a, a relatively stable population. They're here, and if you build the habitat, they will come. They will increase, and I think through education and teaching landowners through active forest management, you're not just helping the grouse, you're also helping all of the woodland creatures. And one of the big ones around here is deer. So we're working hard to create thick cover for deer. We're also making cover for grouse. So I think through education and proper forest management, we will see an increase or at least a stable population. All right. Well, that's good to know. That's good to hear. Are there any specific projects that people can come and look at to learn exactly what you do before they launch into one on their own land? I think the best way to do that was uh, contact me specifically. We can go over some details, and I could give them examples. My contact information can be found on the org. And you're going to want to click on the Western Great Lakes tab. I also have two coworkers in Northwest Wisconsin and Northeast Wisconsin. So we cover a large portion of the grouse's range in Wisconsin. 
All right. Well, Josh, thanks so much for sharing that information and for giving our listeners an idea of what you do and what opportunities there are for landowners who want to improve their habitat for grouse. And I'm sure we'll talk to you again sometime. Thank you, Dan. I really appreciate what you've done with Outdoor Wisconsin, and you've been an inspiration for me growing up and part of the reason why I'm in the career I'm in. So I hope you continue doing what you're doing, and I look forward to talking to you again. Well, thank you for that, and I wish you the best of luck in your work, and I'm sure we'll catch up with you again sometime. Folks, that was Josh Rasmussen. He is a forest wildlife specialist with the Rough Grouse and American Woodcock Societies. You can learn more about the things he's talked about here and learn how to contact him at roughgrousesociety.org. I'm Dan Small. You are listening to Outdoors Radio. Here's a message from our friends at Remy Battery in Milwaukee, Escanaba, and Houghton. We at Remy Battery Company want to thank all of our customers and friends we have made over the past 90-plus years and your continued support of our local, family-owned company. Stop in and see the expertise of over nine decades of battery knowledge and customer service. Let us take care of the batteries for all of your needs, from power tools to sump pumps and ATVs to hunting decoys, even down to the smallest hearing aids. Big and small, we have them all. Stop in for a free battery and electrical check before you hit the road, trails, or waters. Don't forget to ask your sales representatives about volume pricing. Call Remy at 414-384-0340 or visit online at remybattery.com for all your battery and battery accessory needs. Enjoy the ultimate shooting experience at the Range of Richfield, your one-stop shop for all shooters. Just north of the Richfield Cabela's store on Helson Drive, the Range of Richfield offers 12 state-of-the-art 25-yard indoor shooting lanes for all pistol and common rifle loads. Classes in home defense, basic handgun and concealed carry, a retail shop, trophy mount display, and more in a welcoming, family-friendly setting. Open daily except Monday to the public and members. Your ultimate shooting experience, therangewi.com. For the nonprofit Rough Grouse Society, the well-being of the rough grouse and American woodcock is a special priority. But the Society's conservation work benefits more than just these two game birds. The organization's programs help a long list of other young forest wildlife, including songbirds that must have thick, brushy habitat to survive. For more information about forest wildlife habitat management, contact the Rough Grouse Society toll-free at 888-JOIN. RGS. Attention anglers, don't miss St. Croix Rod's annual Customer Appreciation Day on Saturday, June 17th in Park Falls, Wisconsin. St. Croix Rods is celebrating its 75th anniversary of handcrafting the best rods on earth, and you're invited to the party. Attend seminars with top St. Croix pros, get special pricing on retired or B-stock rods, and participate in hourly giveaways. It all happens live on Saturday, June 17th. See details at stcroixrodsfactorystore.com. Attention all anglers, stay ahead of the crowds with the most up-to-date and accurate fishing reports from around the region with OutdoorNews.com. Complete with lake maps and reports, gear reviews, and pro tips, it's the nation's top site for modern anglers. During the month of May, you can get 50% off any membership to OutdoorNews.com and never miss the best fishing info again. Just use the code MAY23 at checkout to instantly up your fishing game. Visit OutdoorNews.com today. Welcome back to your source for the latest hunting and fishing information. Outdoors Radio with Dan Small.
Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. I'm up on the Chippewa flowage this week. I'm actually recording this midweek Wednesday as we're wrapping up our trip up here. And joining me for this little conversation about what we've been up to is my good friend Mark LaBarbera. Mark is the executive director of the Wisconsin Wildlife Federation, and he and I work together on a number of projects. The biggest one, I guess you'd say, is Deer Hunt Wisconsin, our annual TV show. Mark, we've been having a good time up here this week, haven't we? How could someone come here and not have a wonderful time? The weather has been very cooperative until today when a little rain came in, but it didn't really hurt our fishing. No, it was one of those days where you sit and think, if you didn't have days like this, how could you enjoy all the sunshine the rest of the year? <laughs> yeah, we had plenty of sunshine, maybe too much for walleye fishing, although we got into some walleyes. We were mainly after crappies and bluegills and panfish. We caught a few perch as well. This outing was organized by the Association of Great Lakes Outdoor Writers. We are both members. Mark is a past president of the organization. I was vice president once uh, about 20-some years ago. And this is a media camp where a number of writers have come from pretty much all over the Midwest to enjoy the fishing here and explore some of the activities that are available here, the Freshwater Fishing Hall of Fame. We were there today. We took an ATV ride. Uh, what else did we do besides fishing? Well, we met a lot of great folks from the Lake Chippewa Flowage Resort Association. All of these resort owners, like from Pat's Landing Resort, the Landing Resort, Treeland Resorts, and of course our home here at Deerfoot Lodge and Resort, when you have a host like Amanda Wilson, the owner, I mean, how can you go wrong? She's been great. She tends bar as well as uh, operates a resort, and she loaned Brett and Dan Amundsen a boat so they didn't have to run their boat all the way over here from Minnesota. And I think we had five different boats, several guides, plus uh, the Anderson boys had that boat. I fished with Eric Schulke the first morning. He's a retired post office worker. I think he was a postmaster down in the Milwaukee area and also up here in the Hayward area. And like a number of people we meet over the years and across Wisconsin, a longtime friend of outdoor Wisconsin. We caught some crappies and a few small walleyes and a few northern pike. And they have a project here they call the Pike Improvement Project. I saw a poster and some of the guys talked about it. Did anyone talk to you about that? They did. They talked about how there are so many pike they are realizing if they reduce the smaller ones, if they just keep them, take them home, eat them, they um, make room for the other fish to grow larger. And uh, that includes not just bigger northerns, but other species. Because northerns are voracious predators, as we all know. They eat virtually anything that they can catch. And, yeah, we caught a bunch in the 20 to 24, 26-inch size. And Tim Lesmeister put on a fillet clinic, filleted a bunch of them, and folks took some home, and, you know, we're going to get some good meals. A lot of people prefer walleyes. I, th I think most people prefer walleyes and perch. Your mom is a big fan of white bass. Oh, Betty LaBarbera loves white bass on the grill. And that's a fish that would be gutted, scaled, and then grilled whole, right? Yes, with a little lemon and olive oil. 
dad used to put chives fresh from the garden, sure. long pieces of chives to keep the skin from sticking to the basket, you know, where you clamp it oh, down yeah. and then yeah. flip it over on the grill. Neat. Well, I happen to be a fan of northern pike, and some people say, man, I don't want to eat them. they got so many bones. But there is a technique for filleting them that once you learn it is really quite simple. And Tim was showing folks how to do that. And so the fillets he produced and that you can produce once you learn it were completely boneless. It really helps to cut out those Y bones. And then also if you just pickle them, we, we actually use silver satin wine. That's how we pickle the fish. And pickling softens or dissolves the bones. Uh-huh. Now, you and I both fished with a young guide, Dara Cutter. Unusual spelling, D-A-R-R-A-G-H. I fished with him this morning and with Blake Tollefson, who does online work for St. Croix Rod. We also toured the St. Croix Rod factory. Gosh, that seems like a month ago, but it was just like three days ago, wasn't it? Dara, he's a big musky angler, as I am, as a lot of people know. He put us on bluegill and crappie beds right up in like two feet of water in some of these shallow bays. You fished with him, too. Did, yep. Had a great time with him. It's always fun getting to meet new people in the boat. Like today, I was out with Terry Herter from Sandy Point Guide Service. His specialty is crappies. I mean, he can catch anything, but he took us to some places where... He likes to focus on for crappies. Of course, the weather today changed. The temperature must have changed four or five degrees. It dropped several degrees. Uh, I saw water maybe 63 degrees Tuesday, but Dara said he found water 70 degrees. And uh, today, the best we could do was 66, 68. And it doesn't seem like much of a change, but to the fish, it has an impact. And they move into deeper water or they go near bottom uh, when they were in shallower water before when it was warmer. And I also fished with Dean Elmer of Dino's Guide Service. All of these guides specialize on fishing the Chippewa flowage. And in fact, this body of water would take a lifetime or my lifetime or what's left of it to learn uh, 17,000 acres, a number of lakes that were flooded. And this is actually the 100th anniversary of the creation of the flowage. It was created by the Winter Dam back in 1923, and this being 2023, it's been here 100 years. It was good getting out of Tiger Muskie Resort today where everyone met for breakfast. And I'll tell you, I could have spent the whole day with Jeff Spiros, the owner. Oh my gosh, he has some story and what a history for tourism in Wisconsin and for the resort owners. Yes, and for folks who might say, that sounds like a familiar name. Jeff's dad, Richard Moose Spiros, was the director of tourism or the secretary of tourism under Tommy Thompson, and they helped Dick Rose get started with Discover Wisconsin, which, as most people know, is Discover Media Works. They do a lot of TV production in addition to the Discover Wisconsin, the show that Dick launched many years ago, 35 years ago now. Not to be confused with Outdoor Wisconsin, of course, your program for decades, but there was a crossover event at the Governor's Fishing Opener where you got a little closer, <laughs> but you were on the other side of the camera then. That was a lot of fun, Mark. Three young people came down to the dock, and they were looking for somebody to take them out in a boat and video somebody else fishing. You and Tony Blattler happened to be there in Tony's boat, and I was there in my boat, and we were about to go out again for the afternoon, and they ended up they ended up putting the camera crew in my boat, so I had two videographers and an audio engineer, 
And they said, well, follow those guys over there. So those guys were Tony and Mark, and they, they went up and caught a, what, a northern and a... Did you catch a walleye on camera? I don't think so. No, not on camera. Yeah. And I caught a bass for them, and uh, the videographer said, gee, when we go, we never catch any fish. So, <laughs> And then when I asked them, who are you shooting for? They said, outdoor Wisconsin. They were younger people. They didn't know who I was, but... It was fun, and I told them I should send an invoice to Discover Media Works for my camera boat operator fee for this outing. We didn't do that. We were just having a good time. They did a number of things over at the St. Croix Rod Factory and saw the same thing that you and I saw on the craftsmanship that goes into those rods. 32 different sets of hands work on to create one rod. Yes, and we got the tour from a gentleman who retired, I think, in 2016. His name is Ken Bonus. I recognized him from the last time I was there when they did their first Customer Appreciation Day. We had a media tour back then. And Ken, who knows the factory inside and out, knows every employee by first name. And he took us from one station to the next to show how the rods were built. And as Mark said, 32 pairs of hands on each rod. They wouldn't let us touch anything unless somebody handed us a rod because they didn't want to get finger oil or any other contaminants on the very sensitive components that go into making a fishing rod. Now, did you also want to mention the other famous mascot that you met when you were over at Real Living Resort last night? That was the event hosted by the Sawyer County Snowmobile and ATV Alliance. Yeah, Steve Bethke was there, and he had a mascot. It was a big stuffed creature. I don't know what it was, some kind of imaginary creature, a cross between a teddy bear and a leprechaun or something. But anyway, his name was Sawyer, and he is the mascot of the Sawyer County Snowmobile and ATV Alliance. And we had some fun. We photographed him you know, with a, a real burger, which was a double one-third pound patty hamburger, the biggest burger I've eaten in years. And I got around it. Was it bigger than those Main Street tacos we had today? Oh, my gosh. Those were fabulous. I had the fajitas. In fact, I took some home. In fact, it's in your truck. i got to put it in the fridge here. Uh, that probably will be my lunch on the way home on Thursday. But we've had good food here, folks. That's uh, something they did not let us go hungry, for sure. Yeah, and met great people. I mean, like today with Chris Ruckdaschel from the... A Hayward Area Chamber of Commerce, the executive director. Yep, and he said, come on up anytime, come on back, and people are talking about Muskie Festival and the Lumberjack World Championships and a lot of stuff going on up here in Hayward. We're having fun. We're going to come back. I'll be back up for the Treeland Muskie Fly Fishing Championship. If I don't get up here before then, that'll be end of September or early October, I think. We got to wrap this up. Mark, thanks so much for joining me to talk about our great trip up here, and uh, it was fun to get out on the water with you. Oh, thank you, Dan. It's always a pleasure for you. <laughs> with Mark LaBarbera, I'm up here on the Chippewa Flowage. I'm Dan Small. More Outdoors Radio right after this. Attention all anglers, stay ahead of the crowds with the most up-to-date and accurate fishing reports from around the region with OutdoorNews.com. Complete with lake maps and reports, gear reviews, and pro tips, it's the nation's top site for modern anglers. During the month of May, you can get 50% off any membership to OutdoorNews.com and never miss the best fishing info again. Just use the code MAY23 at checkout to instantly up your fishing game. Visit OutdoorNews.com today. Step outside, let us be your guide. Florence County, Wisconsin. 
Are you looking for that perfect Northwoods destination for outdoor recreation? Florence County has over 200,000 acres of uncrowded public land with 160 plus miles of beautiful ATV UTV trails, many lakes and rivers to fish or paddle, seven wild river waterfalls to explore, horse trails with campgrounds, and friendly bars and restaurants. Go to exploreflorencecounty.com and plan your trip today. Flow has made world-class recreational and utility trailers for 40 years, and the industry-leading innovations keep on coming. Choose an all-aluminum UT model or Cargo Max, the only utility trailer with a molded polymer bed, integrated sides, and an engineered aluminum frame. With either one, you'll know you don't have just any old trailer. If a new trailer is on your mind, check out floeintl.com. Flow trailers, where the rubber meets the road. Castle Rock and Petenwell are two of Wisconsin's largest inland lakes. With more than 60 square miles of water, they offer four seasons of outdoor fun. Halfway between the Twin Cities and Chicago, and just minutes from Wisconsin Rapids and the Dells, you'll enjoy family-friendly resorts and campgrounds, great fishing, bike trails, county, state, and national parks, and the Nesita National Wildlife Refuge. Learn more at castlerock-petenwell.com or on Facebook at Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio with Dan Small. Welcome back to Outdoors Radio. I'm Dan Small. We're brought to you by Cedar Lake Sales on Highway 33 West in West Bend and on the web at cedarlakesales.com. The folks at Cedar Lake Sales are gearing up for Walleye Weekend, which is coming to Fond du Lac June 9th through 11th. At that event, they'll be offering free rides in Camus and Yarcraft boats on both Saturday and Sunday. And Crestliner is offering up to $2,500 instant cash back on new Crestliner Fishhawk, Superhawk, and Visions models. And that ends on May 29th. So check the Cedar Lake Sales website or Facebook page for details. We're also brought to you by Ducks Unlimited, a proud sponsor of Outdoors Radio and of Duck Hunters Everywhere. Learn more about the world's leader in wetlands conservation at ducks.org. And we're brought to you by the Castle Rock Petenwell Lakes Association, 60 square miles of fun on the water, castlerock-petenwell.com, and by Woodside Ranch Resort and Conference Center, woodsideranch.com. And if our TV show, Outdoor Wisconsin, isn't airing where you live, you can watch past episodes at milwaukeepbs.org. And, of course, our Deer Hunt Wisconsin show for the last few seasons is archived on the Deer Hunt Wisconsin TV YouTube channel. And if you missed any dates, websites, or phone numbers that we mentioned, you can always listen online at lake-link.com radio. And our show is also available as a podcast on the new Outdoor News website, OutdoorNews.com, as well as on LakeLink and iHeartRadio. You can find Jeff on social media at HardwaterJeff and find me at Dan Small Outdoors. And as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I'll be hosting a group at Ballard's Black Island Resort on Lake of the Woods in September. The dates are September 11th through 15th, and I hope you can join us. We'll spend four nights on Black Island Three days of guided fishing with guides who take us to great spots for walleyes, bass, northerns, muskies, and maybe some panfish as well. Everything is included in this trip. Guides, boats, bait, tackle, lodging, and all the meals. And I'll tell you, the meals are great. We have very hearty breakfasts at the lodge, uh, very nice dinners, 
and the guides prepare shore lunches of the walleyes that we catch each morning. The trip is limited to 13 guests. The cost is $1,500 per person, and some of my friends from the Stormy Cromer Company are coming along, and they're bringing special gifts from Stormy Cromer for everybody on the trip. The deadline to sign up is May 31st, so don't delay if you're interested. Visit StormyCromer.com for details. You'll find a Trips tab. Pull down that tab, and you'll find my name and all the details on the trip. Our theme music is by Warren Nelson. You can learn more about Warren and his upcoming events at warrennelson.com. I'm Dan Small. Jeff Kelm will be back next week. Get outside this weekend. Remember, musky season opens up north. And join us again next week for Outdoors Radio.